0: You're listening to the Life Friendly Business Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Thomas Wong, business mentor, author, and founder of the Cocoon VIP membership, empowering women around the world to build businesses on their terms. If you want to grow and scale a business that works in harmony with your family and your life, this podcast is for you. Hello, I'm Erin Thomas-Wong. I'm the host of the Life-Friendly Business podcast. And today I've got quite a fascinating one for you. I'm speaking to Susanna Raphael, the founder of Self-Selection for Animals. Susanna is an animal communicator, animal healer, and teacher. And we're going to be talking about the challenges of running a heart-led business and still charging what you're worth. Hi Susanna, thank you so much for joining me on the Life Friendly Business Podcast. Hi Erin, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited for you to share what it is that you do. But first of all, I want to ask you why you started your own business in the first place.
1: Well, I had a lovely horse called Amy who had been with me since I was 12 And the impetus for me to start actually being an animal healer was her not being very well. So when she got to be 32, which is pretty old in horse years, she became really lame. And the timing of it was really perfect because I'd signed up to do a course about animal self-selection. And the course that I went on actually really helped her and she was able to stay with me for another three and a half years. So that was kind of the background to me wanting to do animal healing and animal communication as a career. But my impetus really was that I'd been ill for a really long time and that I wanted to be able to do something I was passionate about, but be able to manage my hours and work within a time frame that worked for me.
0: That's wonderful, and and how long did it take you to kind of get started with the business and and feel like you'd been able to do that? So you were running a business, but you're also being able to have that life friendly approach where you're where you're
1: able to look after your well being as well. Yes, I guess it took a little bit of time, bit of adjustment. I was working part time in education when I decided to stop doing that and just completely switch to working for myself so I had that kind of um, experience of dropping off a cliff a little bit I suppose (laughs) where I was adjusting to something really new but automatically I found that my energy levels improved and that I was able to work around my energy levels and find, you know, is it the mornings that are best for me? Um, Do I work better in the afternoon? And so it probably was only about three months and I started to feel the health benefits of working for myself. And, you know, then it's been a question of working with that as business gets busier, (laughs)
0: I I love that. And I really resonate with that. And that's something that over the course of the lockdown, I really was able to become more in tune with my own energy levels. And I I agree. I think, you know, it makes such a difference to your productivity. And, you know, we're we're told that you should be working 9.30 till 5.30 or 6.00 but I always have an afternoon slump. I'm always tired in the afternoon. I am such a morning person. And now that I'm able to control my own schedule, it means that I can do loads of stuff in the morning and then have a nap. (laughs) And it's perfect. (laughs) Um, So for people who um, are listening, and I'm sure there's many who are thinking, what on earth do you mean that you can
1: communicate with animals? (laughs) Paint a picture of what that looks like. (laughs) well um, I know it's unusual it's something I've always been able to do talk to animals and it took me about 40 years to realize that I could actually do that it's quite funny really because I didn't realize I was doing anything different to anybody else or that um, when people connected with an animal they weren't having the same experience that I was having and so That was a really interesting process because when I realised, and it sort of came about for me doing a lot of healing classes, a lot of um, my own healing work and, you know, working with animals on a daily basis, that I started to realise, wow, I am actually hearing messages. Um, I think the first message I heard was a sheep saying, don't fuss me. (laughs) And I thought... Well, I I heard that, you know, and then I really laughed and turned to his owner and said, this is what he said. So we went off and we sat and had a cup of tea and waited until he was ready to actually come over and interact. And that was during a self-selection session when I was helping him with herbs for arthritis. So it was a bit of an unexpected moment. And um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is the fact that I think we can all do this. Because any of us who've got animals, we are communicating with them on a daily basis and we are responding to their prompts and to a look and to, you know, we know what a certain look means. We know what a certain huff means or a certain meow means. And so we're already doing it. And so part of what I do now is I teach animal communication to people from all levels. You know, you might not have ever meditated before, but it doesn't matter. I can help you to open up to your intuition. It's fascinating
0: um do, when you say that you like hear a message is it is it like are they is it like is it a sentence like is it in english or is are you interpreting
1: like symbols or you know how does it work <laughs> well there's lots of different ways that you that we can pick messages up um the ways that animals communicate to us are through words Um, I might hear a whole sentence. I might get a whole paragraph of them chatting about something. They might just say one word. Um, That particular sheep that I was working with requested bananas at one point when he was coming towards end of life. Now, I've never known a sheep to eat bananas, but he ate a lot of bananas over the course of a week. Um, When I sent that message to his mum and she started to offer him bananas, yep bananas with the thing and so it can be just one word Um, they're really good at giving visual messages and I think it's the main way that animals communicate actually so they will show something could be the image of a ball or a favorite toy could be a person and sometimes it's like watching a video replay and for me it's a bit like watching those old cine films that your grandparents had you know of, of kids running around and it will be maybe from their perspective or maybe from them seeing something happening. And um, that's how I piece together what's been going on. Um, Other things that can happen is that they can talk as a dog or a cat or a horse, or I might hear a whinny or a meow, and that's usually to get my attention. And I pick up other things like feelings. So for me, I can feel in my own body. So if it's an emotional subject, I might feel my heart aching and I might get very emotional and I might cry and the animal guardians might cry as well. And that's really important release for the animal because they can't cry. If you think about it, I think elephants are about the only animal that can shed tears. And so part of it is a very deep healing process in helping them to express their feelings and they might also show me, so if it's something like a pain problem that they're having, I might feel it in my body. Um, so I can say, well, I felt a pain in my knee. Um, you know, my right knee uh, would be a dog's right back leg. So um I don't diagnose, I'm not a vet, but I can pass on, you know, this is what I'm picking up. Um, and they just seem really good at it. And people have varying degrees of intuition and Um, I seem to be really blessed in that I can pick up in all the ways, but it doesn't mean that you can't develop those yourself. We've usually got one of them is stronger. One of the senses is stronger for us. Um, And probably for me, it's the hearing and the seeing that I I get most messages from. And I know from conversations we've
0: had in the past that you are able to give some comfort to, animals at, at the end of life and and are they you know do you have quite a lot of clients with you know much loved pets who are at the end of their lives?
1: Yeah and it's that's the hardest part isn't it of you know having an animal as part of your family and I know what that feels like and I know what the process is like that can be really clinical and not very nice you know you can be very worried about what is actually going to happen, what the steps are going to be, especially if you've not been through it before. And I think that it's a really important part of what I can do. Um, When I started out in life, I thought I wanted to be a vet. And then I realised that having done a little bit of training with some vets, I could not do that step of putting an animal to sleep. And so if you'd asked me, probably... You know, 15 years ago, will you be able to support people going through that process with that animal on an energetic level? I would have thought I couldn't do it because I'm I'm an emotional person. And, um, you know, it's it is hard, you know, to go there. But I think having been through that experience myself with my horse and then with my mum's dogs, um, because she's she's lost quite a few in a short space of time. It's really shown me that I've got that resilience and ability to be able to support people who are grieving, and also to be able to, you know, talk through things with the animal. What's their perspective? How are they feeling? Um, often it's the case that they are tired, they are ready, and and that just really helps with you know the decision making process and helps with the guilt. You know we feel guilty um about making that decision very often.
0: And you mentioned earlier very briefly animal guardians. What do yes. that
1: mean? Animal guardians? Um so um I work with a lot of guides. Um my main guide is um Archangel Michael. And he is a guardian for animals who comes through. So that's one sort of perspective of it. Um, I don't refer to people as owners if I can help it. Um, That's a thing that seems to have shifted over time. Uh, I know it's what we're used to calling it and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I found that by referring to people as animal guardians... Um, There's a difference in the energy because it's really what we do. We we caretaker for our animals. We look after them. They're part of the family. We might not feel that we own them really on any level um, because they're another being, another um, energy that we interact with. And um, we're probably much more likely to refer to ourselves as a dog mum or a cat mum than we are an owner now. And I think that's showing an overall change in the way that we think about our animals. And I also don't really say pets anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was something that owners and pets was the, you know, what everybody said. And I don't think the animals necessarily like being referred to as that um they want to be best friend and you know much loved family member um so that's not really a word I use anymore either
0: (laughs) so one I feel like we could talk about this all day it's so fascinating but your business is called
1: self-selection
0: for animals Mm. so
1: just explain what you mean by self-selection yeah so um It's got a bigger name. What I'm actually trained in is something called applied zoo pharmacognosy. And that means that animals know how to select their own natural plant medicines. And it's been well documented in the wild that um, people like Jane Goodall, who's done lots of research and followed chimpanzees in the wild for years and years, has seen that chimpanzees will, will select certain medicinal plants when they're not well that the local tribespeople will also select for the same symptoms. So for example, if a, a chimp appears to have a stomach upset, um, they'll eat a particular leaf of a plant that's very prickly and unpleasant and they normally wouldn't eat it as a food. And the tribespeople pick the same leaf and create a tea with it, you know, to ease the same symptoms. And so um, what applied to pharmacology is is bringing that back to our domestic animals. And we see that with our dogs and cats, where they go and eat a particular blade of grass. They'll drag us over to a clump of grass and it won't be a general eating of the clump. It will be one strand in particular that is particularly important. And that's showing them their ancient memory that a grass will help with a digestive issue. And we're very often a bit scared about them eating it because we oh no, they're gonna be sick. But that's part of their natural mechanism And so I work with essential oils and with herbs and offer those to the animals so that they can choose from a range of different things um, what's their favourite remedy for, say, anxiety or fear of fireworks. And they might want to inhale, but they might also want to lick or ingest those and they might want to have them stroked on. And so it's, um, it's a bit more than... Equine aromatherapy, which was the very first class I went on, uh, which, you know, prompts images of giving a horse a massage, (laughs) which I'm sure they'd enjoy. But it's not, you know, not quite the same thing. It's a lot more about them self medicating.
0: It's really, yeah. I mean, I can't think of any other word apart from fascinating again, because it just is, you know, and, you know, we've got a dog and he does that. He goes out to the garden and starts eating the grass. And I'm like, okay, he's going to be sick. And, you know, it's, yeah, that's really interesting that they're kind of self-medicating because they know what they need to do. So, okay. So obviously, you know, you're really passionate about what you do. Um, you know, you've got this amazing gift. How have you found running this as a business?
1: Well, it's a led business and, um, it's, well, it's a wonderful thing to do. I absolutely love my job and the my connection with people is very strong. I love people as well, which is so important. So, um, you know, any communication is welcome and I don't, you know, I'm not scared of speaking to people or interacting with people. And so, um, you know, the side of it where I'm in the public eye might be a bit more tricky for me in the past I love giving talks I found which surprised me no <laughs> I had no idea I was going to enjoy doing that and and doing live demonstrations so that was really fun to find out that I like doing but I think the the side of it where um you know becoming visible and sort of putting yourself out there as an expert I found maybe a little bit more uncomfortable even though I've had a lot of experience and I've got a lot of qualifications it's um, it's not a natural thing for me to want to do. You know, not not. Um, it feels a little egotistical in some ways, which doesn't fit very well with me.
0: And this is this is the mindset that's, that can be really limiting uh, for so many small business owners. Because you know, yeah, we're 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 brought up not to show off, aren't we? And <laughs> and not be egotistical and all those things. But the fact is, is that you need to get your message out there. And the only way you can do that is by standing up and saying, this is what I can do and I can help you. Um, So I know that through the work that we've done together, you know, one of the things, and and this comes up a lot with Heart Led Businesses, is about charging for your services. And I know that's something that you've struggled with. So talk me through the journey that you've been on with that.
1: Oh, my goodness, Erin, I certainly have struggled with it, haven't I? When I was doing Evolved Mastermind, the group was so brilliant, I would say, right, I I need to talk about money again. (laughs) Because, you know, there's um, a lack of confidence in it, I suppose. And I think that one of the big lessons I learned is about, you know, what value is going into the service that is offered and um, if somebody else in the group said, well, I, you know, I do all these things in preparation for um, a client and then I do the session and this is how many hours it is, I would automatically jump to their defence and say, you know, you need to be charging properly for that. I would expect to pay for that. That was one of the things that kept coming up. And um, and I think that's it. I think it's the realisation, the amount of energy that I put into you know, one client, one animal. And that there's a lot of preparation. I do research. I prepare energies for healing sessions, um, for my energies, for the animals' energies. And I'll talk to the client um, beforehand. Um, They can have follow-up calls with me. And then there's the actual session itself. And, you know, in the past, I was scared to charge very much for that because it feels like healing should be free. Um, and I think that what I've realised is that I do do give a lot freely even when I'm working with somebody one-to-one because I'm thinking about their animal a lot. If their animal pops in to have a chat with me, I don't turn them away. So it could be, you know, five o'clock in the morning and I'm suddenly having a quick chat with a cat because they're just checking in. I don't even think about you know, that that is an additional service somehow. It's part and parcel of what I do. And so I've really taken that step to own what I do and what the value is and to start telling people what the value is. I think that's really important. You know, what's the hidden value that you're offering that people might not realise is there?
0: Absolutely. And that's where our messaging is so key, in terms of explaining that and and like you say you know when you're pricing not only do you have to think about the the time that you're on a call with someone or you're doing that healing session it's all the other time as well that goes around that and you know you should be charging for the transformation that happens and you know the the outcome of what happens and for you you know you're giving so much peace not only to the animal but also to the owner it can transform you know, their their lifestyle, if they've got, you know, a a challenging animal in the home, and all those things. And I know that um, conversations that we had, and you know, and this comes up a lot as well, about wanting to make it affordable for people. There's Mm -hmm. this big thing where we spend a lot of time, basically making judgments about how much we think people can afford. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is that like we it's none of our business how much people can afford and it's we've got to think about us running a viable business and you know and like you say everything that we put into it and the whole thing that you know people spend money on stuff that feels important to them and you know we can do our best in our messaging to explain the benefits of what we're selling and what we're offering but if, if they don't want to pay the money, then they don't want to pay the money. And that's OK. And we have to kind of be strong in ourselves rather than thinking, I need to reduce the price. I need to reduce the price and staying strong. So I know, you know, during the Evolve Mastermind, you put your prices up.
1: What happened? Um, the, the very first person who booked in with me tipped me £10. <laughs> so that
0: was your new price and they gave you £10 extra.
1: They <laughs> did. And I had another client who I'd been working with for only a few months. And I offered a, a bundle price um, before I put my price up. So I set the date, 1st of January, prices would go up. And, and she wrote to me and said, um, you're worth it. I'm not, I don't need a bundle. I'm just going to pay you the new fee. <laughs> and um, it hasn't, it hasn't impacted on the number of clients I've got. Um, I've had people now um, you know, booking in regularly on the new price. And I think what I've realized is that um I feel more valued. I don't feel frustrated if there's extra phone calls or extra bits and pieces. And I think one of the examples I gave to you, Erin, was that I'd I think I'd put in about 10 hours um, with one new client. Um, which would be absolutely fine, except that I had travelled, I think, about a 100-mile round trip to go and see them as well. And so, you know, by the time I'd finished, I'd been paid like £10 an hour, something like that. And it was just, it was one of those wake-up moments. And then I got COVID immediately after as well. And it was just like, okay, I'm kind of pushing myself here. And my desire to help, is overriding my common sense and <laughs> so there has to be a boundary there as well you know like there has to be a boundary of well how much energy am I going to put into to um, really make sure that other person is okay and what could I do differently so that the, the outcome is the same but I don't feel frazzled you know so that's really what I've been looking at doing more distance work um, which is just as effective and um, people feel supported through videos. So, you know, I've added a lot more of that in and that's working really nicely.
0: That's brilliant that you've
1: been able to learn from that and and
0: make changes because I think, you know, yeah, as a heart-led business owner, it's, and when you love what you do, it's so easy to just want to keep giving because it feels easy to you because you're in your zone of genius. And so it feels like, well, why shouldn't I just give a free call here and a free call there? But at mm-hmm. some point you hit that wall where it's just not sustainable or you feel hard done by and annoyed because, you know, you've let people push your boundaries. And, you know, that's the point that that it's got to change. So how how important has, has having
1: support in your business been? Oh, my goodness. I wish I'd had it at the start. I really do. Um It was one of those situations where I was very much on my own. Um, I had other healers or healing teachers that I could talk to, um, but all of them were in the same boat of what do we charge? How do we run a business? Um, You know, seven years ago, so things have moved on somewhat since then as well about what's available online. I mean, now we see so many coaches and there are so many networking opportunities. But, um, you know, for me, I've grown my business hugely over the past year by joining the cocoon and interacting with all of the different activities that you've got going on within the cocoon and um, all of the little challenges, you know, it's, it's helped me to really step up and, and say, okay, I am actually a businesswoman as well as a healer and a zoopharmacologist. <laughs> I can be both. <laughs>
0: And what I love is the fact that the cocoon does really attract quite a lot of holistic business owners mm. so for for those people out there who are running heart led businesses and maybe quite unique businesses who might feel like but is like is getting business support relevant to me like will these things
1: be relevant to me? what would you say very much so I think that you don't necessarily realize what you don't know um and It's been such a a time saver for me, apart from anything else, to be able to get access to information, to be able to ask questions and get that support. But it's the working on your own that is the biggest thing. Because um, if you've worked with a team of people in the past and loved being part of a team, as I did, and then you're working on your own, you might love your own company, but who do you bounce an idea off of? You know, who's there to actually. Cheer you on a bit if you're having a bad day, or to actually cheer you on to a bigger project, you know if you've got a big idea um you know how are you gonna achieve that by yourself and I think we I think as human beings we we interact better um and grow more if we've got other people supporting us, and it can be quite lonely, you know, I get lonely sometimes, but I don't feel as lonely with the cocoon, you know and And with that support and the people that I've met along the way, I've got a whole new network of friends who I know that I can ask questions of and I can look for a little bit of support from if I need it because they're all in the same boat.
0: I had a wonderful email the other day from a long-term cocoon member and and I said, please, can I use this line? Because she said something like, I love knowing that I've got this group of brilliant business minds and open hearts and I was like oh yeah that that is how the cocoon is is you know the women in there everyone wants to help each other there's Mm -hmm. no competition it's all about collaboration and support and I just it's wonderful um yeah and and, and, you know I love I've loved supporting you and seeing you grow and (laughs) and you know get visible and help more people with what you do so where can people find out about you well
1: I've got my brand new website (laughs) 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 <laughs> that was um one of my goals with evolve Mastermind, and i got there very happy it's www.selfselectionforanimals.co.uk and it's four as in f-o-r rather than a number four and i'm on facebook and instagram as self selection for animals and you're welcome to get in touch with me send me a friend request on facebook as well under Susanna Raphael I'd love to hear from you
0: that's brilliant and one final question if you could go back in time and see Susanna when she was just starting this journey of of starting her own business what
1: advice would you give her to look for a network of people actually business people but not um like-minded as you say heart-led business people Um, because some of the networking that I did early on was quite tricky because I didn't really fit in. And so I didn't persevere. And I think that I wish I'd had a little bit more knowledge about the Internet generally and reaching out to groups worldwide, not just, you know, looking for something really local. And um, and so I think that visibility would have come a lot quicker and the confidence would have come a lot more quickly if I'd been able to connect with a group of like minded people. That's
0: wonderful. Thank you. I could honestly talk to you all day. Thank you so much for being my guest
1: today, Susanna. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. It's lovely to see you anyway, always.
0: (laughs) Honestly, it can feel like there is a lot you need to learn when building a thriving business. And it's easy to feel like you'll never know everything you need to be successful but it is possible just so long as you stay focused on building the right knowledge and skills. When you join the Cocoon VIP membership, you'll have the opportunity to book a one-to-one orientation call with me and I'll help you to prioritise the activities that will have the biggest impact on your business and direct you to the materials in the library that you need. There's no need to learn it all. We'll just focus on the things that will make the biggest difference to you. We have everything you need to build a life-friendly business. So check out the Cocoon now at lifefriendlybusiness.com forward slash cocoon. I'm